The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. That means Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University is in the house. We're presented by DraftKings. Gosh, I love those people. At DK Sportsbook on social media. One bet. One dollar. You get $150 in free bets. Ridiculous. We will have a spread the word winner tomorrow. A sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow. A YouTube shout out winner tomorrow. Speaking of shout outs, how about our patron of the day, Joshua Borges. We are racking up the patrons. I don't know how many of you just want to support the show. How many of you want to be part of the Tuckhead's private Slack channel and chime in on a fun, safe space with like-minded people? And how many of you just want to see the even money bets in black and white from our guy grades on the even money thread if you are a Tuckhead's member of patreon.com slash RT Media? Whatever it is, I don't really care. We're racking them up, and I love it. Keep them coming. We're getting new patrons every day. Patreon.com slash RT Media. You're either in the club or you're not. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. Starting to get a little bit more of a sample size on a lot of these guys. <laughs> We've got two games and teams. We've got two games in the books. we got a bunch of good games this weekend. I do want to start with tonight. It's the Houston Texans hosting the Carolina Panthers. And I know how you have felt about Sam Darnold previously, Greg. Uh, And you've talked about what you saw from him with the Jets. What are you seeing so far this year? Is he improving? Is he better? I would say he's better. I think that it's a really well-schemed passing game. And what that does is it, give Dar- it gives Darnold to find reads, Ross, to find throws within the structure and timing of the route concepts. Even though Darnold is mobile, he's really an executor and a ball distributor, and he, you need to present him with the throws. He, he still needs to get better from the pocket after the snap. Um, 
because he pretty much throws what the design of the play is. And if it's well-schemed and the route concepts defeat the, the anticipated coverage, he looks good. He throws the ball well. He's a big physical kid with a good arm. Uh, that's what he is. And that's been really evident through the first two games. They've done a really good job with that. He still has some reckless tendencies when he gets outside the pocket, and you have to try to rein that in. But this is a team with a lot of offensive talent, and and they fall under the radar, but they've got three really good wideouts in D.J. Moore, in Terrace Marshall, the rookie, in Robbie Anderson. We know about McCaffrey. I don't think there's a better angle runner out of the backfield running those angle routes, uh, Ross, than, than McCaffrey. Seems like he does that every week. So this is a really talented offense, and Darnold is is being presented with the opportunity to be a, a ball distributor. So I got I to gotta follow up on that because I feel like anytime there's a quarterback that I can tell that you think is kind of just okay or maybe not a great quarterback – you, you often say they're defining the reads, defining the throws. And I'm picturing our listeners, okay, Greg, saying, well, why don't they just – why doesn't every team just do that then? If all you have to do is define the reads, define the throws, and make it a scheme passing game, why, why doesn't every team do well, that? And Why didn't the Jets and Adam Gase do that to make uh, Stan Darnold play better? Every team theoretically tries to do that, but it's like any business, Ross. Some do it better than others. Why do we – talk about great coaches great offensive coaches through the years uh they've done it better than others uh some teams are more believers in matchups some teams are are more believers in in actually schemes where they have multiple routes within a combination and they are trying to attack what they anticipate the defense to be uh so there are different styles of offense you can be effective in many different styles Ultimately, what you have to decide is what best fits your quarterback. And Darnold, at this point, to me, he's pretty much a guy that the play call comes in, he's going to throw to the primary. So you have to do as good a job as you possibly can to define that that throw for him with your route concepts against the anticipated coverage. That's what kind of quarterback he is. He's not really a true progression reader at this point from the pocket. All right, so let's talk about the other quarterback tonight. It's going to be Davis Mills from yep. Stanford, Greg. And I know we talked about him before the draft, but refresh my memory on Davis Mills and what you thought of him coming out of Stanford. Well, he only started 11 games in college. And he was a big-time recruit coming out of the Atlanta area, pure pocket quarterback. He's not immobile, but if he's to be successful, Ross, he'll have to be successful playing from the pocket. What his college tape showed was the ability was there. He looks the part. He throws a good ball. There were times <clears throat> he made really outstanding throws, but his ball placement was inconsistent in college. I would say that he needed work on, on progression reading. I remember watching him in college thinking that he threw a really good seam ball. He had that nice firm touch ability. You know, that's that's a uh, can be a difficult throw. He threw that well, but he just needs more experience. And whether he gets there, that remains to be seen. But he's he's a good-looking kid, throws a nice ball, looks the part. 
just needs to be better in certain areas that pocket quarterbacks must be better in. Precise ball location, progression reading, and movement within the pocket. Those are three areas that he needs to be really good at if he's to be a quality starter in this league. You know, there are some college football fans and frankly, probably some Stanford fans that don't pay attention to the NFL that much that are going to be stunned when they see Davis Mills starting the third <laughs> NFL game for a team. I mean, you're right, Greg. He, you know, he had an injury in college, which I think hurt him as well, but he just he did not play very much. He did no. not play great. It's he's just a guy that has some legit traits that obviously people people really liked. Um well the, the, uh, the, the, the COVID year the COVID year killed him last year because he only played, I think he started five games. Um, and he was looking forward, obviously, to a season as the full-time starter to play 12, 13 games and get more experience. But he ended his career with only, only 11 starts at Stanford. Unreal. All right, let's get to some of these other games. Very curious uh, to get your thoughts on the Dolphins and the Raiders. It feels like, and you would know better than me, you actually watch all the tape, feels like Derek Carr is playing as well as he ever has. Is it just a matter of year four in Gruden's system and he really has really has it down at this point, Greg? What are you seeing? Well, I think it's a combination of two things. Number one, I think Carr is feeling it and he's being more aggressive with certain throws. And I think he's always been a little risk adverse. And I think over, over last year into this year, maybe it's comfort in the system. It is the fourth year with John Gruden. And Gruden's system has has a lot of elements to it. Um, I, my sense is he's he's turning it loose and feeling that he can make throws within this system. Uh, and I think the other thing is, and the tape shows this, is there's some really well-schemed stuff against coverages where the, the, the throws are there. The, th- the throws are there to make. I mean, a really good example of that, <clears throat> Ruggs had a 30-yard completion, not the long touchdown, a 30-yard completion on a touchdown drive in the third quarter that was just really a well-designed play. It was a two-receiver route. It was a high-low concept, and everybody runs this stuff, but it just they got the coverage they wanted. Um, they, they, they used their personnel wisely to create an opening because it was Waller and Ruggs, and you know the underneath defender is going to jump Waller, and he just stuck it right on Ruggs on the inbreaker for 30 yards. You know, there's just really – defined throws that and Carr is turning it loose and I thought the touchdown pass to Foster Moreau that ended that particular drive was just a thing of beauty you know touch pace precise ball location I think he's feeling very comfortable now within this offense Jacoby Brissett will get the start for the Dolphins with Tua Tungo-Vailoa out Brissett's been around a while Greg he's played a bunch you know he's a he's a number two for people, Dolphins fans that maybe not, don't know that much about him, what have you thought of Brissett over the years? You know, I've always liked his talent. And when he came out of North Carolina State, I thought he had a chance to be a quality starter. Um, but he's a guy that for whatever reason, and, and I haven't studied him in great, great detail, but he did have that year where he started when Andrew Luck left in Indianapolis. Uh, he'll make he can make special throws, but he just seems tentative to me. He always seems like, unless it's really clear that he he doesn't turn it loose the way he should, and therefore he's under duress a lot. He does have pretty good movement, but he's under duress a lot. The the 
rhythmic feel of the pass game is never quite there with Jacoby Brissett. So, you know, you can line up and play with them, but the other parts of your team need to play at a high level. Let's talk Chargers, Chiefs, Greg, Herbert, Mahomes. Uh, what stands out to you about this game? Well, you know, I think what, what you'll get with the Chargers D with Brandon Staley there is you'll probably get a good amount of split safety coverage. Uh, and I think you'll see some some quarters beaters, some, some split safety beaters by the Chiefs. Um, you know, they're in a very interesting offense. Mahomes is obviously a great, great player. And he certainly can do things that others cannot. What I'm fascinated by, and I don't know how this is coached, Ross. I really don't. I'd love to know. Is Mahomes leaves the pocket a lot when he does not need to. And then he'll make great plays doing that. I wonder how that's coached. I wonder if they say to him, you know what? Stay in the pocket. Let the design of the route concept play out and then deliver the football. Or if they, in so many words, say, hey, you're Patrick Mahomes, you're a great player, kind of, if that's what you feel, just do it. You know, I'd love to know the answer to that because he, as great as he is, the tape shows a lot of plays where he just abandons the pocket and there's not really pressure. And we know he can make special plays doing that. Yeah, it's actually unbelievable how often he makes special plays. Yeah, it is. Doing that. He's got a real gift for it. Um, hey, yep. What about the Chargers against the Chiefs defense that hasn't been great through the first two weeks? It feels like they've taken a step back from last year. Well, you have to throw out the, the game against the Ravens because the Ravens are a unique offense and you play them differently than every other team. So what you're going to get pre predominantly from Steve Spagnuolo is they play a lot of cover one. That's man coverage with a single high safety. They play a lot of cover two. And now that Matthew is back, he's the middle hole defender in cover two. There's a lot of disguise and late movement to get to that. Uh, I think you'll see that. And they play zero. They, I mean, I think last year they played more snaps of zero, which, which is all out blitz, man across the board, no deep safety. They do that. And I think you'll see them going back to kind of what they do and what they do well. So you have to discount what happened on Monday night because that's just a different it's a different offense with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I said this during the broadcast, Greg, it is the most entertaining creative run game in the NFL I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love Greg Roman. I love watching it. You know, I'm a former offensive lineman, obviously, so it's just fun to see all the different concepts and the pullers and the the disguise and everything they do. It's really, really cool. And um, a ton, yeah, a ton of misdirection. There's a, It's a difficult offense to face because you're, you're if you're not in their division, you're seeing them once on your schedule and there's no other offense like it. And it's hard to prepare for that in the course of three days. And so many of the things they do, I mean, this is what everybody's trying to do, but so many things they do in the run game, your keys lie to you. You know, like they pull the right guard and right tackle to the left, but they're running right. Yep. You know, and it's just like you're, the things that you're usually keying are not telling you the truth a lot. Right. Of and the quarterback is, it starts with the quarterback. So they're really the only offense in the NFL that does, are there other quarterback runs in the league? Of course, other, but not like that. It, it, their run game and everything they do starts with the quarterback. You know, it's interesting, Greg, speaking of defenses, seemingly taking a step back, let's talk Bucks and Rams, both undefeated, both yep. offenses playing well. But neither defense quite playing at the level they did last year. 
Yeah, well, the Bucks have had some issues in the secondary, and they obviously believe it's an issue because we heard uh, about the Richard Sherman. This, you know, they're potentially interested whether that's true or not, but um, they feel that their secondary Murphy Bunting's out. There's uh, Carlton Davis has been in and out of the lineup, so they've got some issues in the secondary. So as good as their front seven is, and it's really good. If, if you can't cover the pass on the back end, you're going to have some issues. And the Rams, they've been very good throwing the ball. We know what McVay is. Um, to me, this game comes down to uh, McVay will try to run it, but he's not going to play to limit Brady's possessions. He's going to play to match them score for score. They've got weapons. They've got Stafford. Um, he only played Deshaun Jackson three snaps this week. You can bet he'll play more this week, and there'll be vertical shots taken against that defense. Stafford can move well behind the line of scrimmage. He's not just a a pocket player. So I would expect the Rams to come out and be aggressive throwing the ball. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think I think that might be a, a shootout. I, I yep. kind of like the over on that one because I, I agree that there's going to be a lot of points, especially the way the defense are playing and the offense are playing. Let's talk Sunday night football, Greg. Packers and the Niners. Packers uh, obviously looked a lot better against the Lions. The Niners didn't really move it that well against the Eagles with the exception of two long drives. I didn't yeah. think early on in the game Garoppolo missed some throws. What, what are you seeing and thinking about Packers-Niners? Well, you know – I thought the Packers game um, this week, uh, I guess it was Monday night, uh, was really fascinating and shows you how teams play to their opponent. Because what did they get on Monday night from the Lions? They got a ton of split safety. So they came out, they stayed patient, they ran the ball, their offense was extremely balanced. Uh, while the run game wasn't dynamic, it served its purpose. Um We'll see. Now they're playing a 49ers defense that is it starts a rookie at one corner, probably Josh Norman at the other corner. We'll see how the Niners choose to play on the back end. Because one thing we know about Rodgers, when he feels he has a one-on-one, uh, he'll throw it on the outside. And we saw that. There were a couple of times in that game with Adams, one in particular, which was a great throw, where it was a one-on-one on the outside. I think it was against the rookie, Melon Fanwu, and he, and he hit Adams. Uh, but they stayed really patient. And that's what they needed to do in that given game to win that game. So I'm curious to see how the 49ers play defensively. Offensively, the Niners are really banged up with their run game. They want to start their offense with a run. Your point was correct. Garoppolo missed three routine passes on the first three possessions. I think they went three and out on their first four possessions. Uh, the, The score of the game allowed them to stay really patient and not have Garoppolo have to really drive the football down the field. He made one phenomenal throw on that first touchdown drive to um, Samuel, where he really stuck it between two underneath his own defenders. Um, but, yeah, this is this is an intriguing matchup. So you're talking about the Niners. They obviously played the Eagles last week. Yep. Eagles hit some big shots, uh, but they really bogged down and short yardage and goal line. What did you see from the Eagles offensively? Yeah, they hit the they hit the uh, the big shot to Watkins for ninety yards. Obviously, um, you know it was an odd game for the Eagles offense. I, I thought Hertz uh, in this game didn't see some things, left the pocket a little early. Um, you know, they're an offense I think that needs 
to be really, really efficient with the run game, with Hurts delivering the football, similar to what they did week one. Now, obviously, the Falcons, who they beat week one, are not one of the NFL's better defenses, but that's not really relevant. It's how you play with your offense. And then take their shots with their speed, because they do have great speed on the outside, but they're not quite ready yet to be a passing offense. They need to work that incrementally as the season progresses. They need the run game to be a factor. Um, I really like their second back game. Well, they, they do too. He's playing meaningful snaps. So the Cowboys, though, I just want to say one thing. If people think about the Cowboys and they think about their defense a year ago, Ross, totally different. This is a fast, active, aggressive defense. It's not it's Dan Quinn, but it's not the old Dan Quinn. They play a ton of man, they pressure, and they are fast. Interesting. Okay. And like who? Who jumps out to you? Uh Micah Parsons, who plays pretty much all DN this week. And and you and I both know he came out of high school as a DN and was moved to linebacker at Penn State, but he played every snap at DN. He's got speed. They've Jalen Smith still moves well. Trayvon Diggs is emerging. Uh, we'll see if it continues as kind of a man-to-man, shut-down type player, which is what they hoped when they drafted him out of Alabama. But they, this team plays fast. The the tactics allow them to because they pressure. So they just – it was one of those defenses where when I turned on the tape, I was like, wow, you know, this is kind of a fun defense to watch now. Wow, okay, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that one. Always look forward to our conversations, Greg. He's at Greg Cosell on social media. Just check out his Twitter timeline. You can see all of the air times for the NFL matchup show this weekend. It's the best show around. It is awesome. DVR, watch it live, whatever. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Thank you to all of you that are A, awesome listeners or viewers at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I still have six Maddens that I'm giving away, and I'm giving them away to you. All you have to do is go to RossTucker.com, click on the sponsors page, and take advantage of any of them. Take advantage of any sponsor and or put the PixWise app on your phone, screenshot it, send it to me, and you got a great chance to be the person I announce tomorrow for Madden winner number three. I can't wait. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. Two big additions to the COVID list yesterday include Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown and Cowboys linebacker Keanu Neal. So what's interesting there, Bri, Antonio Brown reportedly tested positive, but he's vaccinated. So he needs back-to-back negative tests to be able to play. So that's number one. And then for Keanu Neal, he is a high-risk close contact so he's out five days regardless, and if they played Sunday, he would be out. But because they play Monday, he actually has a chance to play, but he won't be able to be in any meetings or practices until then. Pretty interesting. Ducks takes. Uh, quarterback clarity out there is Tua is officially out. Fractured ribs in Miami. Uh, Justin Fields officially is going to start for the Chicago Bears, and the Texans are promoting Jeff Driscoll from the practice squad just for this game. So this isn't – I'm glad they did more testing and found out Tua's ribs were actually fractured. Uh, he obviously won't play probably for a couple weeks. Doesn't help the, the, the notion or concern 
about his durability. That's for sure. Justin Fields, I don't think Andy Dalton ever gets that job back because I think Andy Dalton's out for at least a couple weeks. Fields would have to be really, really bad for the Bears to put him back to the bench. And yes, the Texans need somebody to back up Davis Mills tonight. And Deshaun Watson is not walking through that door. Takes. Some other notes include the Broncos putting pass rusher Bradley Chubb on IR after ankle surgery and signing linebacker Micah Kaiser off of the Rams practice squad. Also, the Jags are placing tight end James O'Shaughnessy on IR and the Jets linebacker B.J. Goodson retiring after just one game. So Chubb's a big loss for the Broncos. You know, they've been playing well defensively, but you need him opposite Von Miller. Should be back in six to eight weeks. Micah Kaiser, I think he's played a decent amount for the Rams in previous years, but for whatever reason, he's practice squad this year. They guaranteed $600,000 basically saying, hey, you'll be on the roster the rest of the year. This isn't going to be a deal where you could get bounced off. O'Shaughnessy can really run. He's a special teamer for the Jags. And B.J. Goodson, you know, I always tell everybody, Bri, about how if you're on a roster for three games, how it counts for your, all of your benefits. Only played one game and he's retiring. He only needed to be there for two more weeks, and he gets the equivalent of hundreds of thousands of dollars in benefits. Um, I don't know if they were going to cut him after that one game because he didn't play well. And he said, no, let me just say I'm going to retire. Or if he... Just his heart's not in it anymore after just playing special teams, seven snaps. I don't know what's going on there, but I don't know. It feels like a lot of times those guys end up coming back. Ducks takes. All right, tonight's game, Panthers-Texans. Who do you like and why? Well, that's pretty easy. I like the Carolina Panthers because they are the better team and because the Houston Texans are starting a rookie quarterback making his first start against a very good Panthers defense. Although Itor Gross Matos from Penn State will not be playing. He's out for the game. I still think, however, that Panthers win this game. I think it's a lower scoring game. I mean, this feels like 23-13 to me. I, I just we'll see. Maybe Davis Mills is better than any of us think he's gonna be, but I don't know. I'm saying 23-13, maybe 27-17 on the high end. At any rate, I picture the Panthers winning by, you know, seven to ten points. I picture you, Bri, yeah, you, going to AutoZone shortly to get those Duralast Elite brake pads. We all know Duralast parts, proven tough. Duralast Elite, it's a totally different level. They last three times longer than a typical Duralast pad. You need the Duralast pads. You need the fancy protective hex pattern. It keeps him performing longer. Nothing more embarrassing than squeaky brakes. Nothing. Get safer, smoother, and quieter stops. And since AutoZone has over 6,000 locations nationwide and more ways to shop both online and in-store, you will have no problem picking up a set we need the most. The future of stopping, it starts with Duralast Elite Brake Pads only at AutoZone. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, always Ross at RossTucker.com. 
You're trying to get a press pass. You're trying to ask me a question. You want the Madden. You want me for a speaking engagement. Whatever it is, just email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Make sure you include your email question. We are very, very low. Need email questions. In fact, I think this one might have came in yesterday. Uh, And here it is, uh, dear Ross and Brian. First time, long time, with the recent passing of Big Daddy Graham of Philly Sports Talk Radio fame, it got me wondering who among the sports talk hosts and personalities you guys enjoy listening to and or working with during your time in sports media. Um, That is from fellow Pennsylvanian trapped in Tennessee, Paul. Thank you, Paul. He said he... He, uh, boy, he included both screenshots of him downloading the Pick, PicksWise app and a recent purchase from Uncommon Goods. We haven't talked about Uncommon Goods in a long time. I did see, by the way, Bri, a YouTube comment from one of our viewers, I guess, youtube.com slash NFL. They are confused about the TV behind you and the configuration of the couches. The configuration of the couches does not seem conducive to watching that television. Can you explain? Uh, yeah, it's really when I'm watching TV, I'm sitting on the couch. It has nothing to do with the my little office setup in the corner of the room. So what? No, I, but they're well, first the of all, couches are facing each other, not facing the yes, TV. Yes, well, because it's it's a sitting area. But what I like is I and I had a big argument with my wife about it. I want the couch to be lengthwise so I can lay down. And look at it. These little chairs over here, they swivel. So I can turn them I can turn them and they can face the TV or they can face me. Oh, so you have it sideways on purpose because you like to lay horizontal and watch TV. Yes. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Okay, that makes sense. That's the answer. Uh, in terms of your question, Paul, he also said thank you for your hard work, late nights, early mornings. Um, you know, so I grew up. Outside of Philadelphia, so I really liked Angelo Cataldi on WIP, uh, which is cool because I'm on with him every Tuesday at 7 a.m. So it's like kind of getting a chance to listen to somebody that I grew up listening, I mean, talk to somebody I grew up listening to. So that's cool. On the national level, I really like the Dan Patrick show. I think it's a great show and not just because I fill in sometimes. I enjoy listening to Colin Coward every once in a while. I like uh, the DA show, I think, is entertaining in the morning, CBS Sports Radio. Those are a few that jump out to me, Bri. Yeah, I'd have to go uh, definitely Dan Patrick and also Rich Eisen. Um, Those are really the two for me. Interesting. Got it. How about some shout-outs? Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com. Tomorrow we will recap Thursday Night Football and give you all of my picks. You can already get my picks for the Even Money podcast, my bets. And, of course, both episodes of the Fantasy Feast are already posted for you guys to set your lineups, get ready for DFS, whatever. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. 
A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 